welcome to match point number nine a tennis podcast that's right uh this is the tennis podcast you did not know that you needed in your life but here we are i am david berger you can find me at carl jr on twitter i am joined in this tennis fandom and this tennis engagement with my dutiful co-host here derek derek hello welcome Hey, how you doing? My name is Derek Kunimura. You can find me on Twitter at Derek underscore sucks. Um, probably because I suck at tennis, but uh love to talk about it. And that's really why we're here, because uh, you and I, we, we formed a bond over the sport of tennis. We talk about it literally every day. And uh, I felt like there's not a lot out there. It's like you, you seek the tennis content and it really it doesn't exist. I felt like we had to create this to bring the tennis talk to us so we can uh, really engage with it the way we want to. No, yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like the tennis community was just two people. It was just you and I on through text messages for a while. Uh, try to get into it on Twitter. Um, like I've seen the tennis Twitters kind of just some people throwing out good tweets and it's getting couple likes and maybe a few comments. And I don't know, hopefully that we can get people more engaged and uh, just try to spread the community. Agreed. Uh, I feel like the tennis, well, tennis Twitter is basically just the tennis journalists uh, tweeting about results and uh, cheering for <laughs> players that uh, they like uh, and hope to do well, which is great. Yeah. I mean, they actually, I mean, in terms of coverage, there's a lot of great information on Twitter about the upcoming tournaments, the draws, but uh, the fun, you want to have some fun. I mean, it's a fun sport. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like a lot of tennis Twitters isn't like an open discussion. It's just like what you said. It's just like more reporting and then what happened and then what they expect to happen. It's just like no one's really talking smack on some players and they're not really praising people. But like you see diehards and stuff like that. And all they're doing is just like tweeting about Novak, tweeting about Rafa, tweeting about Fed. But it's like there's a lot of players on tour that should be recognized and no one's really talking about those guys. So not only uh, should they be recognized, they should be given fun nicknames. <laughs> exactly. We got a lot of those. Um, well, let's, uh, you know, uh, before we um, go too, too far here, uh, I'm going to go full transparency um, and also say I'm not a tennis historian. I've recently become a tennis head, I would say in the last two years. Um, I don't know all the players, but I do have a pretty good grasp of the majority of the men's tour atp i'm growing in wta i'm not super versed on all the technical styles of tennis uh but i do know who is and who is not hashtag good it is my favorite sport to gamble on it's one player there's no reps well there's an umpire but he's lack of interference and we're in march but with tennis it's like march madness every week there's a tournament yeah, totally agree Every week that that provides value as a, as a gambler, and and this podcast is very much going to be about gambling on tennis, um, both uh, sides and um, DFS angles as well. And we're going to have a Twitter where we're in, engaging as well. It's a great time to become a tennis fan. The big three is really down to a big one: Novak Djokovic. Federer's on his way back. Uh, I would say. Nadal still Nadal on clay, but off that surface, um, he's pretty much fallen into the pack. And there's a lot of great stars, uh, in, including a, a potential goat in Naomi Osaka. This is more or less look for edges for gambling, but really it's about engaging and growing the tennis community, as we said. 
and becoming known publicly what we are privately as tennis dot leaders. <laughs> yeah, no, I fully agree with a lot of what you said. Like, uh, it's like a March Madness tournament, like every single week. It's like you watch other sports and they play regular seasons of what 82 games and they can go out and they can lose a game and they'll be like, Oh, we'll get them next time. Not with tennis. It's like you lose a match. You're out for that week. You got to go bust your butt. You got to go start training again for the next tournament. And you lose one match in that you're out on that one too. So um, it's always a do or die situation, which is uh, I believe is unique for a lot of sports. Um, it's just two people also just going head to head. Um, no coaching. Um, there isn't WTA a little bit now, but still it's, uh, you're put out there and you got to figure out how do you're going to get yourself out of this battle. And, uh, I, I can't think of another sport that just focuses like so much on, uh, one's like physical and mental strength. So it's just the sight to see. It's like the emotion levels high and then it gets really low. And, um, I even remember when I thought the sport was boring, like it just thought it was just a bunch of people like wearing white shorts, just hitting a ball back and forth. But once you get into it and you like sit down, you watch a good match. It's a like a strong battle. That's three or five sets just going to the fullest. Like you really understand like the, how wavy this sport is and how like uh, emotionally attached that you can get into it. So a lot of people like the sport and the people that do like it, love talking about it. So uh, let's talk about it. Basically how this is going to work on this podcast right now uh we're gonna record on sunday saturday the weekends and kind of look back at the week that was and look ahead at the week that will be get a sense of uh who's on the rise who's on the uh, who's falling down everything in between so this past week derek let's look let's look back at the tennis week that was atp doha in qatar who famously lost the World Cup a few years ago. I would say the biggest news of the week is the return of Roger Federer. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. Healthy, good movement, didn't appear to be hampered by injury. Just not top form. Um, I think the big question will be, you know, what what is that top form for him going to be? He's almost 40 now. Uh, he beat podcast favorite Daniel Evans. <laughs> <laughs> we're 20 minutes in we already have our favorites uh but yeah uh, daniel evans out of great britain we love uh, mr evans uh who i thought evans had his best match that i've ever seen him play in january to win the murray river open against uh, young felix Azur alasimier <laughs> how do you okay, against, yeah, yeah against young I'm felix gonna quiz you on how you say all of these yeah well that's gonna be you, you really know what put it on you're, you're on the spot here and then you're just trying to say these guys names which is not an easy task so well i will say the greatest tennis podcast out there the tennis podcast they butcher people's names all the time and they are paid professionally to cover the sport so <laughs> i think uh there's a little bit of a uh, leeway for us but uh, yeah he beat young felix uh, who's it's not a slouch win there for evans no. and uh not a slouch win for federer for his first time back, uh, I think Dan Evans took a set off of him. Uh, those guys were playing each other, practicing with each other. Fed said after the match that uh, they played like a good 20 sets like for the last two weeks leading up to that match. So it's pretty interesting that they actually had to go battle after they were just battling each other for two straight weeks. So, uh, yeah, Dan Evans was able to take a set off of him. Uh, Fed then went out and lost to uh, number 42 in the world. 
Nicolas Basel Basel Ville. Basel Ville. Yeah. Ba- <laughs> Hold on. I actually have it. Hold on. Because <laughs> I tried. Valley, right? I tr- I looked up. Uh... Bachelor's Valley. Nicolas Basilashvili. <laughs> yeah, him. Uh, so <laughs> Basilashvili uh, fucked around and won the whole thing. Uh, so I guess not uh, tough to judge that loss for Fed, but uh, good to have him back. I would say. Yeah, I actually want to call Bachelos Billy just Basil or call him Spice. Yeah. But um, he, he's not all that spicy, so I don't feel like he uh, would live up to that nickname. But um, basil. Yeah, yeah, Basil. We, so the Spice Man, Basil. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I got to say that I'm just a big Fed fan, so um, just kind of a homer about that. I was really excited to see him come back and then he would just uh bow out to Bachelors Billy and I'm like, oh, he's kind of like looks like he's holding back tears here. And it's kind of a bummer. I'm like, oh, he's like two matches in from his return. He's got Rafa with the same amount of slams as him with the looming French Open that obviously he's gonna win. And Fed went like his whole career with having more slams and and Rafa and you got Novak just knocking on the door. He's nipping. Yeah, real close. And it, it's about to come down to the point where he's no longer going to have uh, as many slams or more slams than both of those guys. And uh, you got to wonder, like, how worried is he? Like, he's already pulled out of uh, Dubai this coming week to train um i don't know how much you could train to actually make a big impact at the french or anything like that do you think he should kind of just keep training to i don't know till the grass court season starts or what i feel like uh i mean i don't know what his training is like but i always feel like playing is better than training offside hiding away um i, I mean you obviously open yourself up to public scrutiny when you're out there getting jobbed by people <laughs> who normally you um eviscerate uh, in early rounds of tournaments yeah but um i mean he is he is battling with the fact that he might not even not only is he losing his tout as the greatest player ever on the men's side but <laughs> he might not be the best player in his own era after uh, novak is done so yeah it's like i felt like he was first initially crying because he lost to bachelor's billy like anybody should be crying after losing to that guy and then i don't know it's it's clearly something more than that and i I hope he wins a wimbledon one more time um i hope he wins a major one more time and i'm not gonna get picky on which one it is or when it is but i'm just praying for one more agree uh i would say the other big headline for the week uh for me was uh, roberto batista agut took down dominic team and Andre Rublev, uh, World 4, World 8. Batista Agut, I think, is World 13. I'm not a huge fan of his, but um, he was a big dog in uh, both those matches and came out on top. I mean, th- that's <laughs> that's some slayage to yeah. beat team and Rublev in a tournament. Uh, so feels like uh, he's always one of those guys that's a little overvalued to me uh in matches and i feel like he can he can definitely lose on any given uh any given match but uh he was definitely undervalued this week and uh 
if you had your money on him, he paid off big time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he looked like an absolute demon in his celebration after he beat team. It was like, I don't know. It's like the devil came out of him just to beat that guy. Uh, I didn't expect him to beat him. Didn't expect him to beat Rublev right afterwards. I wouldn't expect him to beat either of those two if they were to play each other again. So uh, what a week for that guy, though. I mean, good on him. I mean, he's a solid player, albeit a pretty boring player for me to watch. Uh, I don't really necessarily like watching his matches, but I respect his talent level. And uh, if you bet on him, uh, I would have said that was a bad bet, but you made out. Yeah, he paid, he paid off big time. Third in line here I got on the show sheet. Uh, what do you make of Taylor Fritz's run? <laughs> the the young American who uh, we affectionately call the Pokeball because he's so emotionless. It's like uh, he's he's just he, no matter what happens, he's got a nice Pokeball waiting for him after the match. <laughs> yeah, then we'll just make everything all right with him. It'll make everything all right. The uh, yeah, the young American from uh, Southern California. I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't see much of him this week or at all. Uh, but he did beat a resurging David Goffin and would be slam contender Denis Shapovalov. Shapovalov. Yeah, did I say that? I said that right. Shapovalov. Shapovalov. Shapo. Um, he beat Shapo en route to the semifinals. God, I'm, this is going to be a brutal. I got to learn how to say people's names. <laughs> um, or you're going to have to learn how to edit. Yeah, that too, well, that I do know how to do. Um, there's a good run for him. I would. I think he was a relative dog all week as well. We'll need to monitor his odds moving forward uh i don't know it was, it was encouraging to see uh as uh there aren't a lot of positives for american tennis players right now no not at all uh he's like overall a decent tennis player do i like him no not too much i've tried to like him a few times just because he's an american tennis player and he is probably the best all-around american tennis player but like he seems like he has these issues of just getting over these humps like he, he'll win like a good match against chapo who he's never beat before and then he'll lose the next day to bachelor's billy who he's played once and he won and then so he's like beating this guy he's never beat before and then losing to somebody he's never beat before or that he's only beat before and like he even saw it at the AO. It's like he was playing Novak. And then uh Novak, yeah, notoriously got injured in that match. And then Fritz came back from two sets down to even the score at two to two. And then he just basically squandered those two set wins by losing the fifth set. It's like he he can get over these big hurdles sometimes, but it, it seems like he has like an overconfidence after that, or he gets too comfortable and then he just, he just blows it in the end. So um, I don't know, some sort of wall just comes up and he just hits that. So he's not a guy that I would like to bet on or against because he's capable of an upset. And then he's also just capable of just not uh, reaching his potential. So is that how you feel or what? I uh, totally agree. I mean, he's prone to dump. I mean, <laughs> especially in matches. That's like a you great feel, way to sum up what I just said. Yeah. Uh, especially in matches where you feel like, you know, you feel pretty confident. in Well, that brings us to Derek. It's a, so we've mentioned it before, but uh, tennis is a very wavy sport. A player could be looking like he's down and out, then suddenly catches a wave and, he, and he's right back in the thing, especially if someone's, they've dropped the first set, they're down they've already gotten broke. They're down 0-2 in the second set. Then suddenly out of nowhere, they win 
a second set six two and then cruise to uh, a three set victory and by taking the third set so we've created a segment that will be recurring week after week it's called the wave of the week This is spotlighting a player who we feel caught a great wave, rode it to success all week. Uh, Derek, why don't you announce our first initial wave of the week winner? Nicolas Bachelus Ville. Uh, let's see. He beat Millman, this is Jazzery, uh, that one guy named Roger Federer, and the uh, Pokeball eating champion, Taylor Fritz, and then uh, took out. Roberto Batisagu in the final. Uh, I, I don't know how he did that, to be honest. Like, he, he shouldn't have beat any of those guys except for this Jazzery guy. Uh, even Millman, like, Millman's a boss. Like, he can be. He can hit the ball pretty solid. He's pretty tactical. But uh, Bashless Villy, like, came out of nowhere. Like, if you saw that draw for that specific tournament, and even just hearing those names that I said that he beat, like, you would have never thought this guy would have made it even to the quarters, but I don't know. He, he was on a wave, quite the wave. Like this is the epitome of the wave. It's just some guy that, that was completely unexpected finds his way of doing it. Just gets on that hot streak. And this hot streak can only last a week, but that's a perfect amount of time for well, this little 250 tournament just to win the whole thing. Unbelievable week for him. He did get some help with uh, RBA taking out team and Fritz, or I mean team and uh, Rublev. Some of that wave and, and involves a little luck as well. So good for him. Congratulations, uh, Nicolas. Wave Bash of the week. Elizabeth. Yeah. How long do you think he's going to be surfing for? <laughs> I don't know. He's uh, got a rematch with Fritz. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's looking good. Coming up. So that'll be interesting to see. That was the week in Duha. <laughs> Uh, moving on to ATP Marseille and France, I would say the biggest news of the week is uh, number three, Daniil Medvedev returned to form after a pathetic Australian <laughs> Open final and a quick exit in Rotterdam the week prior. He cruised to the finals and uh, won easily today. Actually, I won three sets, I sh- but I shouldn't say won easily, but uh, I don't think there was any point in that match in which you did not think Med was going to win. Yeah. So, um, you know, Med was definitely the favorite in the field. The only other name I would say before the first serve would have been arguing uh, Pass over Med after his last two outings, but I think that's still I think that was still a stretch. Yeah, um, I I was also I uh, got to see a nice match against uh, personal favorite Yannick Sinner, uh, the young Italian who I think will be top ten by year's end. Kind of business as usual for Med against a bunch of dudes not on his level. <laughs> uh, not great odds on him. Unless you laid set props or games under. Um, Derek, yeah. What do you think of Med this week? Uh, Med, I mean, he's he's killer. Uh, he, I love that guy. I mean, he's he's a very unorthodox player. He's also hilarious, which uh, it's it's fun to see like a personal side of tennis players and like you just see him kind of mess around sometimes and like Med just gets a little smug sometimes per like uh on purpose and it, it's just it's just funny to watch and he's just got a thrilling game on top of that so but odds wise oh yeah it the problem is is that odds makers love him too so 
Uh, you're not going to see good odds for him. You can be like me. You can just not bet. You can just sit back and watch him play because that's thrilling. And uh, you can not be like me and bet him what he uh, plays Novak on Rod Laver. That was bad times. So <laughs> that was horrible. And especially because I have to say his run at the Australian Open was so fun. And I, I was like, man, I think I'm a med. I think I'm a med guy. Yeah, um, I was so convinced he was going to win. Yeah. Yeah. But Novak is just that much better than yeah. everybody else. And then Novak came with that reminder that he's Novak. He won today against uh, Pierre Hebert. The World 93 in Pierre, he made betters very happy this week. Considerable dog in all of his matches. He took down Kai Nishikori, Cam Nori, Tsitsipas, and Ugo Boss Humbert. <laughs> That's our nickname for him, Ugo Boss. The last two had buys to start the tournament. Really impressive stuff. Uh, we'll have to watch his odds moving forward. Uh, I don't think he's that great personally. He's 29. He's ranked 93rd, but he has yeah. made almost $8 million on tour. So he's not a slouch. Yeah, if- he he's all right. Um, he's he's pretty silky. He uh, it's like a serve and volley kind of guy. So, I mean, that tactic works when your serve is on. But when your serve isn't on, like he he, he has some serious problems i've just seen him just smash doubles and matches before and his confidence level just doesn't get back up to par so he kind of just finds himself in a rut and is unable to dig himself out of it like if he just can't pull serve back together so uh yeah i'm not confident on betting on him um going forward but yeah i mean hell of a run for that kid though yeah he was a runner-up for wave of the week if he had taken down med i think he would have been uh, the, the clear winner but yeah, I, I just uh, Pierre is a, a player to just to keep an eye on. Maybe maybe one 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 match he's a little bit too undervalued, and uh, you can really make a play on him. Uh, it was a big week this past week. Jeez, there was a third stop, uh, part of the Golden Swing, the Clay Tournament of the week, ATP Santiago in Chile. Also, was the worst draw of the week. Just kind of a pathetic field, to be honest. Uh, if you're a tennis fan. Uh, but you know, uh, that's not to, to slander them too badly, but, uh, I mean, the talent was definitely not in Santiago. No, I totally agree. I mean, I, I didn't watch very much of this Garin It just seemed like he was going to run away with this tournament and that he did. So, yeah, I think he, did he pull it out? I think it's over. Uh, oh no, it's a tie break. Looks like they're about to go three. Oh really? That that's classic green right there. <laughs> Christian. So the, the big news of the week is uh, Christian Green, uh, World Twenty Two. He got back on track after an abysmal start to the season uh, with an opening loss in Delray in January. Yeah, this was his first win here, right, of the year. Yeah, and then he yeah he lost uh, opening round in Buenos Aires last week as well, and he's in the finals as we speak, as we record. Um, looks like he's going through you, but uh, we love to say that uh, Garin likes to go for a jog because the dude loves playing three sets. I mean, if there's a, a guy to bet overs on and just routinely rake money, it's this guy because <laughs> he loves to get down. And uh, I wouldn't even say he goes on a wave. It's just like kind of weird. His style is just, yeah, he, he just, he's so in and out. Yeah, he gets a slow start at times, like not even at times, like a lot of the times. It's like if you are into betting live, he's a good guy to look out for because he just loves just throwing away that first set. Like, like, I don't know. He just shows up in the second set. 
he, he's not even present in the first set. It's like he just doesn't hit his start time or something like that. But um, yeah, if you're looking for good odds, take a look at when he loses that first set. Yeah, I agree. And he also is, I feel, a relatively good tiebreak player. So even if he, <laughs> he tests that metal, man, he goes the full distance. He, lo- he loves exercise. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And he's good at clay, too. And then I found out recently that he says he likes playing hardcore more, which is kind of funny because he's definitely better at clay. I believe he won at least two of the Golden Swing tournaments last year. So that's weird. Yeah, he's a great clay player. (laughs) Yeah, apparently he doesn't like it, but good on him. Yeah, good on him. Uh, he's also a personal favorite. That's my boy. I love Green. Um, love to see him back doing his thing. I would say the other big news in that tournament, uh, welcome to the tour, Holger Rune, the 17-year-old Danish star, played his way into the draw, so he had to qualify. And then he beat- didn't want to say his whole name, by the way. I, I bailed on that. He does have four <laughs> names. That one-, one of them has the circle with the, <laughs> with the uh, line, line through it. A hard pass as a american struggling to pronounce these names um but he beat he also beat an imploding benoit Paré to reach the quarterfinals uh, Paré is oh my god he's pathetic right now um uh, he, he, he's unbelievable to watch in a absolutely negative way <laughs> i mean he's just been throwing sets he's been as much as he's been throwing his racket it, it's it's a sight to see it is i mean like he should have <laughs> You pointed it out. He could have been penalized for how pathetic he ended his uh, the week before him and what it's there is where he literally just yeah. like, it was like me. It was like me doing my second serve, just hoping to get, yeah. just getting it in his second uh, serves at the bottom of the net while the ball boy was still trying to run off the court. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Rune is uh, like I said, 17 and of course uh, team Nike. So hardcore's already got their grips on him. So, you know, a pl- you know a player a young player is good and to keep an eye on when they're, they're already with nike yeah those nike scouts oh they, they pick up on those young tennis players really well i mean they, they know their tennis uh and this was clay and then i did read that he uh won the junior french open uh at one point so he's uh a is a pretty solid clay player oh, that's interesting i didn't know that and the dude was rocking Bjork hair at like the VMAs in like 98. Um, <laughs> what was up with that thing? Like I, I caught a glimpse of that and I, okay. Just for people that don't know what it looked like, he was basically twisting his hair just like into little tiny spikes and then putting rubber bands at it, like at the base of his head. So it was just standing up straight, but he did this about, what would you say? Like 10 times in no particular fashion. And I couldn't tell if he was serious. And then I saw him the next day and he had the same thing. It's like, I've done my hair like that once. And it was on Halloween and I was dressed up as a juggalo. <laughs> but th- this guy was doing it on a daily basis in a professional tennis tournament. It was mind blowing. It was fairly mind blowing. Uh, but you know what? I like the personality. He's young. He's having fun. And last but not least, listen, um, I'm more of a ATP, the men's side uh, fanatic. I am, you know, I do love me some Naomi Osaka. She's amazing. And some of these other players are uh, coming on my radar uh, with WTA. But uh, 
you know, it's not my forte. I would say the biggest news of the week is uh, uh, Muguruza continues to slay this year. And it seems like Jeannie uh, Bouchard is back. Well, okay. I agree with one of those things. <laughs> I would say Jeannie uh, Bouchard, I believe she was like a former top 10, uh, now a uh, triple digit ranking player. Uh, yeah. Uh, she has a pretty inconsistent game. I just don't think she's that good. Um, so I'll, I'll just, I don't really have to get into that because I think people know that she's just not good and they're just agree with me. Uh, but for uh, Muguruza, oh, she's just slaying, dude. Um, what, she played six matches this week? Dropped one set against uh, Sab. Uh, she beat Iga Spiontek. Uh, she was a dog in that against Biontech actually and wow yeah uh, that's insane value yeah and she smoked her and then the next match odds makers uh picked up on that made her the favorite slight favorite against Sabalenka who uh, I believe she actually beat at the AO so there's uh, like she's and Sabalenka was just ripping to start the season she Mm -hmm. undefeated I think going into the AO and then she lost eventually. Um, but like, if you're looking for good odds, like look at Muguruza because she's ranked in the teens right now. She's 13, uh, 13. There you go. So then if she plays somebody in the top 15, like she's going to have pretty good odds. and She is flying right now. So uh, look out for her going into the, French too, because uh, my buddy hit me up the other day and was telling me that she's like a ten to one odds to win the French. So and that's pretty interesting because she's what um, already won before. Um, she lost to Osaka at the AO. She had two match points against Osaka at the AO. Uh, mm. Came pretty close, and I feel like if she would have beat Osaka, she would have would have been Osaka. She would have won the whole thing. But like Osaka, she's not very good at clay. Uh, she didn't even play the French last year. So the two people that she probably have to worry about is Barty and uh, Halep. But um, 10 to 1 odds, if you want to uh, roll some dice on that one, yeah, it's not a bad play. A great play. A great play. Uh, yeah, I actually saw um, New York Times writer Christopher Cleary, I think is his name. Um, he's like the league tennis guy. Anyway, so yeah, Muguruza's rank is not reflective of her play of late. They, I guess the COVID ranks are still affecting everything. So a great time to take advantage of her. If odds makers are factoring in rank, she should be ranked way higher than she is. All right, well, that was the week that was. Now let's look at the tennis week that will be, Derek. Uh, we got a couple uh, tournaments this week. Not three, thankfully. We got ATP Acapulco, the Mexican Open. Uh, and this is juicy. Stefano Sissipas is a top seed. Alexander Zverev is on the bottom. Idlin Zev is my favorite. Uh, but this is a fun draw. In, in the first round, we've got Zverev versus young Carlos Alcaraz. And uh, we got Tennis Sangren versus Felix. Corda versus Chilich. Kevin Anderson versus Tiafo. Uh, it's pretty, pretty nice. Any any initial reaction to the draw, Derek? Not really. I mean, I, I, the only thing that really stood out to me was Benoit Pairs making yet another appearance at a tournament, which means I got to watch this. 
because uh it seems like this guy's just going like just bouncing tournament to tournament just collecting first and second round checks while just tossing his rackets onto the ground it's, it's very great I, I mean i'm gonna tune in to see that um let's uh, let's take a look at what the draw is like for the first round though well your boy ben was uh, <laughs> drew the top seed in cc pass um <laughs> Oh, that that's gonna be great. <laughs> I mean, he's already destined to lose to begin with, but now that he's destined to get smacked, oh yeah. I, I highly suggest um just watching. Uh, the, the odds are gonna be terrible for Sitsi Pot, so probably don't want to take that. Uh yes, <laughs> the odds are not but, great. Let me guess. Um minus seven fifty. Uh, about three times that almost oh, <laughs> minus twenty five hundred. He's in the four digit club. <laughs> Benoit is a plus twelve hundred dog. Twelve hundred, uh, and he's oh, laying wow. six and nice. boss is laying six games right now. Oh my! Oh, what's the set prop? Wow, that that's great. <laughs> wow, two zero is minus five hundred. I mean, like his recent win-loss record is bizarre. I mean, he's still ranked in the top 30, and then so he's still reeling off of uh, yeah the pre pre-COVID yeah. ranks. Well, he had a good uh, start to 2020. He was competing relatively deep in those early um, tournaments before Australian Open last year. Mm. But uh, yeah, he's pretty pathetic. But it's looking like uh, ooh. So then uh, we got Isner, John, American John Isner, who's uh, he's not a spring chicken either. He's like 35, uh, playing Salvatore uh, Caruso. So it looks it's looking probably I would I would lean Isner here against Caruso. Yeah, me as well. Uh, he hasn't played in a while. He skipped out on the AO and all the Australian events. So uh, he has some time off. I don't know if that's really all that great for him. Um, Caruso, it's just not that great of a player, and Isner's not one to just loose in the first round. So, don't like the guy, but I I would take him. Sometimes money talks, you know. Yeah. So then you're getting Isner, CC Pass in, in round two, and that's still going to be not great odds. Isner, I mean, I I don't I don't believe Isner will be Steph. So, um, <laughs> let's just put uh, CC Pass into the. Uh, quarters and then who who would he potentially be, play? He's got out of that field. It's uh, Chilich, Sebas Corda, Sebastian Corda, who uh, has been a bit of a revelation this year. He's in this field as a wild card. He, he drew Chilich. Chilich has been stinking. <laughs> um, after like we were giving him credit, like oh this guy, you know, he used to be really good. It's like he, there could be some value there. It's like he's been and, dumping, and, and that's exactly what he is. He used to be good. Yeah, I would. I actually would lean Corda. In fact, what is? Are these odds up right now? Does this... Yeah, it was pretty even. I just saw it. Uh, they're both minus one ten. Yeah, I would roll the dice on Corda. Although that's yeah. not that great. I wish I was getting plus money on that, but I like Corda there. Yeah, same as me. Like, I'm just leaning towards Corda. Um, I mean, that'd be a fun bet. It'd actually be a really fun match to watch. They're they have very similar styles. So, yeah. Speaking of, uh, 
fun matches. Tennis Sangren versus Felix. Um, oh, I was at least team. Oh, yeah. That, uh, fun in what way? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sangren, uh, you know, he looks like uh, he should be walking out to um, – disturbed uh wwe <laughs> style i think he this. wishes that he could walk out to disturbed just from <laughs> if you guys take a look at any tennis player's instagram i highly suggest taking a look at tennis sand grids it's like him just jamming with his friends yeah, and he, covering just new metal songs i, I don't know so channeling it, his inner aaron lewis you can <laughs> tell what his real passion is after he just goes out and just screams the words I hate this sport while he's playing tennis. And then you just go on his Instagram, you see him just playing cover songs of new metal. And you're like, oh, okay, I can see that he probably actually really does hate tennis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Felix versus Steph in the quarterfinals, which would be a fun match. Steph will obviously have, I'm, I would guess Steph will be like minus 200. I, I would actually see some value on Felix in that match um, potentially. Yeah, um, but Felix, you know, he's yeah. another player that I don't love betting on because he also dumps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would not feel comfortable without taking or taking him over Sitsi Paz. No way. Yeah, let's see here. We got Schwartzman who's still going to play, who's going to play a quali, and then we got Kevin Anderson versus Tiafo. Uh, Big Foe is currently he's a uh, minus one fifteen. And Anderson's uh minus one oh five. Oh, I so. I mean honestly, Kevin Anderson has been great recently, yeah. in my personal opinion. Um, Tiafo has not been great. He's played better for him, but I, I would lean Anderson here. Yeah, I would too. Um, Anderson's still good. Um, for the first couple of rounds, it seems like he burns out a little bit. I gotta say, it's gonna be a tough match for both of these guys but yeah i would lean towards anderson on this he had a strong interesting a strong uh finish to 2020 and tiafo's been playing a couple clay tournaments too right big foe uh, was in the clay always in the golden swing yeah so um now back on hardcore yeah so then he's now returning back to hardcore not that anderson's been playing uh, i don't even think he's played yeah since the ao so uh, yeah, he's had some time off, but yeah, I'd lean towards Anderson. He's got that serve that's just too hard to beat. Yeah. So then we're looking at Schwartzman versus Anderson potentially, and um, you know what? I would also, <laughs> I mean, I, depending on the odds, I, I could see Schwartzman being significantly overvalued in that match. If I was filling out a DFS lineup, uh, I would maybe think about Kevin Anderson if that's if that's the matchup. Yeah, I could agree. I mean, yeah, because that could be an upset that you could pick for sure. So, Schwartz, I mean, I look, Schwartzman has, I think, returned to form after. I mean, he played his way into the ATP finals last year, but on hard court, he's definitely not the same player that he is on clay. So, yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, but he can still ball. He's got really, really good court coverage. I think he just has the issue of just beating top 10 players. Uh, he's pretty dang solid against players that are ranked below him so and a large majority of players are ranked below him let's stick to the favor here let's put schwartz in the the semis and then uh, he's got the field he could play from we got kekmanovic versus lopez that's a uh, kekmanovic is like 21 i want to say and lopez is like 38 
or something. <laughs> so uh, the age barometer, I, I put uh, what that I imagine Kekmanovic is probably a significant favorite here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I would go with Kekmanovic on that one. Yeah, he's. No, I'm not a big Feli fan. A minus 260 right now but you know what i i have to say i'm i have been a bit disappointed by kekmanovich at times i just yeah, he's, feel like he's not to be completely relied upon no i feel like i want him to be better than he is but like that, at minus 260 i wouldn't even take that mm, yeah i feel like that's significantly <laughs> overvalued i feel like lopez could definitely get a set off him yeah so there's that i mean maybe take the over in that the over would be something I would be interested in. At minus 120 uh, over 22 and a half. Yeah, I think that's a pretty decent bet. Uh, and then we got uh, Manorino versus Grigor Dimitrov. And Demi, I imagine, is a pretty significant favorite here. Yeah, he's a uh, minus 260. Manorino's a t- plus 210. I feel like Manorino is like such a lunch pail guy. Like, <laughs> just goes, <laughs> like, he's just like a, uh, he's just like a pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. like goes in and he's that's that's his job. He's a professional <laughs> tennis player. Yeah, he just goes in. He he's he's prepared enough, you know. He's like that guy, like at work, where you're just like, no, oh. yeah, he's he's not trying too hard, but but he gets his work done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, he's probably gonna get smoked by uh, Demi here. I I would actually pencil. I mean, Dimitrov has been playing great too. Um, and they just I saw some social posts. Uh, that was like praising his footwork, um, <laughs> which is not my, as I said before, not my expertise, but uh, it feels like he's a player. He, he, I feel like he got COVID last year and then he yeah. had like a weird, like Kuchovic and him battled to five sets at us open. Grigor lost. Uh, and I felt like that was kind of like, I don't know, COVID related in a way. I'm going to give that to him, <laughs> but it seems like as time has gone on, he, he, is in better shape and he's been playing better this year. Yeah. He's a kind of guy. He's, he has a lot of talent. Uh, sometimes it's just not there though. Like uh, what was it at the AO? He looked pretty good. And then he just got whooped by Karatsev. And uh, I don't know. I thought he was going to be Karatsev, but that did not happen. Oh, you mean the tennis Jeremy Lin? That's what somebody on ESPN said, which was, uh, Oh man, that was a laughable moment. I can't believe they said that. It was like they're just trying so hard to engage people into tennis and they try to relate it to another sport. And the best analogy was the Jeremy Lin of tennis. I was like, oh, only if Karatsev even knew who Jeremy Lin was, I would love to hear him just like his thoughts on that. Also, I- like that Jeremy Lin, like the splash, like entrance in the NBA or like splash rise, like that was a. I was like almost 10 years ago at this point. <laughs> oh, I know. They were even giving like updates on what Jeremy Lin's up to. They're like, oh yeah, he's in the G League for the Golden State Warriors. And they said that during a tennis match. And I was like, great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> but, oh, did you see Karatsev, uh, him and Rublev teamed up and won doubles last week? Yeah, speaking of, so Rublev, I mean, I bet on him live when he lost to uh, RBA, and um, that was a tough loss. I got, like, I felt pretty good about, like, getting him. I was like, oh, just a rare set drop. But then I was reading he wasn't feeling well, but then he went out and he won the doubles with... <laughs> yeah, with Karatsev. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, I don't know. It just further shows that was a great match by RBA, I guess. 
Yeah. No, uh, no slight to, to the, to the win with uh, saying Rublev is sick. Cause he went out and he played <laughs> doubles and won. Well, maybe Jeremy Lin just put him on his back and he just carried him all the way there. Something. Well, I would say, um, I mean, this is pretty wide open for Dimitrov to make the quarterfinals against Schwartzman. And then that for sure, if that is the matchup, I would think Dimitrov is probably, I don't know. He might be the dog and I, I, I'd be all over that one. I would be playing that hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I would take Dimitrov over Sportsman. Obviously, it depends on how they're playing this week. Yeah. Because uh, Dimitrov, yeah, I don't know. Like, sometimes he's on, sometimes he's off. But it, he's hard to tell, actually, like, match to match. He just seems like he blows it mid-match. He's one of those guys. Even if he looks phenomenal the match before and you, you have confidence in some of them, it, it could just explode on you, like, mid-match the next match. So, got to watch out for that. Well, let's uh, blow through these a little bit faster here. We um, yeah, I... we, we got uh, Fonini versus uh, his countryman, uh, Travaglia. Um, I'm sure Fonini is probably the favorite somehow. Even yeah, the guy is, he is. Minus I mean, 40. A fade. <laughs> Hard fade for me. Really? After uh, what he was doing, like at the AO Cup and stuff like that? I mean, yeah, I, I don't or trust him at all. ATP he, Cup, yeah. He's he had like one good match at the ATP Cup, and then he did kind of turn it on a bit at the AO, I guess. But people had him in the quarterfinals. I think he lost in the round two, maybe. I think he like won or maybe he won two matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how far he went. Yeah, we but... don't even remember. That's how much of an impact he made. I don't know. Fanini is living off pre-COVID ranks because he has been dumping for a solid while. I would uh, still take him here, though. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, I'll take him. You take Trevelyan. Uh, We got Cam Nori against the Quali. Nori is an interesting guy. I feel like um, he could make some noise in this field, but especially in the bottom uh half here um no one particularly is jumping out as like a dominant player i mean ron inch who's your boy yeah um, he's a dark horse for this tournament i feel why is he a dark horse in any tournament is basically <laughs> my question that guy rips <laughs> it is just, i mean yeah is it because he's canadian and everyone just looks at like Faye leaks and chapo and i don't know why he's forgotten like he's somehow doesn't have a big name for himself he know. could ride i mean he's playing tommy paul he could i mean he's probably gonna wipe the floor with tommy paul yeah and then um, up next he has like comfort and this yeah he's got to win yeah he's got to win next <laughs> and then, yeah so i mean he's already at the quarterfinals and then he's playing either cam nori or uh, yeah true uh, yeah or yeah exactly or so i would put Ro- i would put ronich in the semifinals right now i would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean it's up to him if he wants to go there like, yeah like he, this he's is already like, got an easy route i mean geez op and then he just has to hope for uh, a zeverev upset somewhere along the way but i don't see that happening rude is casper uh, rude is in the bracket with zev and then a bunch of dudes. I mean, we got two qualies already here, and then <laughs> Stevie Johnson, Tajir. Uh, I, if I listen, Zebrab is playing young Alcaraz, who's like Rune that we mentioned earlier. He's like 17 now, young Spaniard. Uh, Team Nike. One day <laughs> we'll talk about how he took my entire bankroll, uh, but not right now. Yeah. Um, but R. if I, I was like, I was thinking about this earlier though. 
Like if I was like the tennis channel, I would be pumping the shit out of this fucking match. Like this is a big deal. Like Zebra versus Zakaraz is like <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. It's a young star. Now I granted like Zverev has the off court stuff, so it's a little like slimy. Yeah, but, but I mean, <laughs> this is like two of the like young like this is the future of the sport, and oh, they'll probably I... like air like a Jill Teichman match. Like <laughs> that <laughs> no. is true, or like a Jessica Bagula match or something. Yeah. Uh, so we... I don't know. I feel like that's like a I don't know. I just feel like it's it's something for an an opening yeah. round for a, a second seed. Yeah, I don't think they should be hyping a match between Carlos Alcarez and uh, some woman beater. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> but I'm you, out on you, that. you get the point, though. They should be pumping up these yeah, yeah. matchups I mean, I, with featuring young stars. Yeah, I agree that they should be highlighting young stars for sure. Um, we should be knowing about Alcarez and all this stuff, and like more about these kind of guys and stuff, like even like Rune and stuff like that. So. Um, they should take more of an initiative. I agree. Well, it's looking like a Zev versus Ronich semifinal, and then probably a CC Pass. I would say Dimitrov. That's this is my pick. Yeah, CC Pass, Dimitrov, Ronich, Zev. I mean, this isn't really giving a lot of room for upset, but it would be upsets. I- I'm gonna say this is a good shot for uh CC Pass to, to take this home. Yeah, I don't really foresee that many upsets. I mean, we saw a lot in Doha. Uh, this, no, I, I can't imagine this happening two weeks in a row. So then I, I got to think that, yeah, your predictions of these favorites kind of winning, it's going to happen. Check our Twitter because we'll be commenting along the way. Uh, let's move to the other tournament of the week, the Dubai Duty Free Championships. Uh, both of these are ATP 500s, by the way. So, you know, there's something. They're not 250s. Um, <laughs> another really spicy draw. Team and Rublev are the headliners here. They're the one and two seeds. I think the big questions for me are what team will we get? Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and pencil in Rublev in the finals at the moment without even looking at the field because <laughs> that's just what he does uh, at the 500 level. We got a Basel uh, Fritz rematch right off the top. Uh, Karina Busta is back, which is cool. And then Shapo is set up nicely to make a run as well. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen with this whole Fritz and Bashless Valley on the the rematch of last week? I would go Fritz uh, as much too. as like I feel like he at this point fatigue is probably setting in for uh, Basil. So it's not like it's a like a long travel between Doha and. Dubai, right? It's pretty close. Yeah, but I mean, imagine the like the level of intensity you just had to bring to win that thing. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, are you gonna like be able to dial that back in the next time out? Like right yeah. off the bat. Plus, uh, Fritz got some revenge. Uh, I don't think he's really much of a guy that's gonna lose in the first round. So, yeah, I'd take Fritz here. Yeah, and then we got so team is gonna get either Lloyd Harris or Chris O'Connell. I mean, he's gonna wipe whoever that. Lloyd Harris though has been playing pretty well. I mean, an over in Team Harris is something that uh, I'd be interested in if that's the matchup. I, I think he'll I think he'll beat Christopher O'Connell, who I don't know much about. Then we got uh, Djokovic's country, fellow countryman Philippe 
Krajinovich. Krajinovich. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he's going to lose in the first round. <laughs> you think he he's going to? Well, uh, well, he plays team. Let's check out the. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to bet. Like, well, if he if he wins one, he's going to play. Is going to be crash team already into the round of sixteen. Yeah, it seems like he's already in it, right? Uh, yeah, he's in the round of thirty-two. So. Kraj gets uh, the winner of Davidovich Fokina or Radu Abo, who lost me money because he lost last night. He's a lucky loser to get in. I like Davidovich Fokina there, playing a guy who just lost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think we can safely put team all the way into the quarterfinals. Chorich uh, has a, a nice draw to, to make a run here. He he's already through to the round of thirty-two. He's gonna get Bedenay probably, <laughs> um, and then he's gonna have to play Nishi or Goffin, who I think he's probably gonna wipe out. But Shapo is gonna get um, Strew for the Strew for Kukushin Kukushkin. I think that's he'll he'll win that. Then he's gonna get. I mean, the big thing is he could play Herc. In the next round, and uh, Herc's been playing pretty well. He he was in the the final against, uh, or did he win? No, he beat he Corda. Corda. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Corda didn't win. Uh, no. Yeah, Del Rey, right? Yeah. So he beat Corda to win the Del Rey. So he's a solid hardcore player. So that that'll be. And then I feel like he did. Um, I feel like he was good in another tournament this year as well. So that'll be interesting to see in that matchup. But I I feel like Shapo has got. He's pretty set up to at least make the the quarters here. Yeah. I mean, like, that draw at Del Rey isn't very indicative of how good the winner is. But, uh, yeah, I think her cats could be, was it Gasquet or Chechenato? Definitely. I mean, Gasquet should win that. And then, I don't know, Gasquet's getting up there, but Gasquet's silky sometimes. He is. Uh, he's a, he's I put a my pro. Money on her cats because he's been ripping this year. Agree. Uh, we got a nice matchup. Uh, well, we got a couple of nice matchups. We got uh, Karatsa versus pod favorite Dan Evans. Yeah. Which will be fun. I, I like Dan Evans. I'm sure he actually will probably be the dog in that. And I would take that. Oh, uh, they're even. It's uh, minus 110, minus 110. Oh, wow. I just so, wish yeah. I was getting some value on Evans on that, but I, I still like Evans there. Yeah, I'll take Evans on that one. But then we got a Yannick Sinner uh, versus uh, Bublik, Alexander Bublik. Sinner all day. Sinner all day, but that should be a fun one. He's uh, sitting at minus 230. Okay. This is a fun draw. Yeah, it is. Uh, you can. There's some good parlay opportunities here. Like You can do some single bets with... Uh, like that Karatsev Evans, uh, you can stack center with somebody else and get yourself some solid plays. Yeah, RBA versus, uh, I believe, Australian Matthew Ebden, who... Uh, oh, that Australian battled, guy. Yeah. yeah, who famously completely whiffed against uh, <laughs> Poprin oh, that was a great. couple of weeks ago. That was awesome. Let's see, Busta is going to get the winner of Pospisil and Fucevic. I, I like Fucevic there. So, Busta versus Fucevic, that's a, that's just going to be a great match, I feel. 
to yeah, watch. I would take Fucevic as well. I would much prefer to watch Busta versus Fucevic than Busta versus Pospisil because I feel like Pospisil will get smoked uh, <laughs> versus Busta. And Fucevic um, is only a minus 165 on that one. Against it's Pospisil? Kinda, yeah, it's kind of uh, interesting. Uh, I would uh, take take that in a parlay. Yeah, for sure. And then Leo versus Jazari, who just lost to um, Ashley Hebert, Spilly, or, right? Or wait. yeah, no, yeah, it was Hebert. I don't know who that guy is. Leo is a frustrating player to bet on as well. I feel like he's about as untrustworthy as it gets. But he did have a big one against. He he's the one that knocked out Med last week. So that was a weird one. Oh, yeah, I would say that. That was just a weird tournament, though. I mean, it was. It was like uh, the first one back after AO. And Zverev like... lost in the first round, too, right? Or very yeah. early against Bublik. Yeah. yeah that, that was a pretty odd one. And Medvedev does not lose in the first round. So you know that's off. I don't see anyone stopping Rublev Let's to see. the finals. What about Fritz? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any roadblocks. I mean, he might Even get boosted. roadblocks. Yeah. I, I, in the I, quarters. That's true. Um, Boost hasn't played since the AO when Rublev's just been lights out. But he's awesome. I, I would love to see Rublev versus Boosta, though. Me too. Let's, I think that'll happen. So that would happen in the quarters. Yeah. Okay. I actually think you might, that at that point, you actually might see some decent odds for, but he's still, I mean, the, I bet he's still minus 200. You think so? Because yeah. Busa will be rolling at that point. So I don't know. It depends on how well Busa would play. Well, if it's, it's under 200, it's an autoplay. That's for sure on Rublev. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree. So this one will be one to keep track of. Uh, you're going to want to follow our Twitter that we're creating. I should have said this way earlier. We have a Twitter uh, <laughs> at MP9Tennis. Well, we'll be tweeting out live reactions throughout the week and engaging and growing the community, as we mentioned earlier as well. That's part of it. Yeah, come um, in, talk crap, say good things too. Um, we're, we'll be there. We shall be there. Um, I think this initial podcast has probably gone on longer than we anticipated, but uh, we're figuring it out. I'm having fun. We're talking tennis, man. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't get to do this very much. I know. Our friends are dorks. They don't get to talk about tennis. It's like at this point, like I mean, I, I mean, first off, the only people listening to this podcast are people who are interested in tennis, so they're probably enjoying it as well. Just to hear like people <laughs> talking about tennis. Um, but uh, I feel like we have uh, we we have gone a bit long here, so. Let's wrap it up. I, I feel like, um, yeah, I'm just going to say Rublev is going to win this tournament. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to say uh, Taylor Fritz doesn't win this tournament is all I'll say. <laughs> and then uh, we tried to get some info on the WTA and we failed. Look for us yeah, uh, talking about that on our Twitter as well. Yeah, maybe the WTA will learn how to use the internet next week. Yeah, it's in, uh, is it Monterey and St. Petersburg? Yeah. Correct. Also in this field is uh, Alexei Popperin, who's quickly becoming one of my favorites. Um, oh, by, oh, we should mention uh, Demon Hour versus Chardy uh, in the first round here. I, I, Demon Hour has not been playing great this year. And over uh, in games is not a terrible bet in that match. 
Yeah, I don't know what's up with that guy. That guy was just put through the ringer at the ATP Cup, and I just felt bad for this guy. And then he just didn't perform very well at the AO on top of that. Um, yeah, I think he'll bounce back, though. I think he's a really good player. So people are scared to play him. I don't know. He, he's going to bounce back at one point. Like he, He's a good player. Also, with Dark Horse here to, to make a run, uh, I see Sinego claim to fame as he beat Novak last year. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not on the Sinego train. But he um, he's gonna he probably is going to play Milman, um, which you, you're a Milman guy, so maybe he doesn't get past yeah. Milman. But Apparently if he does... I'm just an Australian guy, yeah. And he channels his giant slaying magic. Um, he's going to play the winner of Karatsev Evans. He's probably going to be a decent value. And he... Like I said, he beat the top player in the world at a, at a match he should not have. So no. something to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, this has been the initial episode of the match point number nine. We should probably explain why we we, we didn't put on the show, show sheet why we called the podcast match oh. point number nine. But maybe we'll that'll let be people episode, figure that. Then maybe that'll be episode two. Yeah. Um, I am David EJ Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. Follow us at MP9 Tennis. Derek, any last thoughts? Nope. I got nothing except uh, tune in next week and uh, hit us up on Twitter. I'm Derek underscore sucks. But uh, don't forget about our own uh, Twitter that we have set up for this specific podcast. uh, MP9 Tennis. Talking tennis. Until next week. uh, Enjoy the serves.
CC Pass over Med after his last two outings, but I think that's still I think that was still a stretch. Yeah. Um, I I was also I uh, got to see a nice match against uh, personal favorite Yannick Sinner and the young Italian who I think will be top ten by year's end. Kind of business as usual for Med against a bunch of dudes not on his level. <laughs> uh, not great odds on him unless you laid set props or games under. Um, yeah. What do you think of Med this week? Uh, Med, I mean he's he's killer. Uh, he I love that guy. I mean he's. He's a very unorthodox player. He's also hilarious, which uh, it's it's fun to see like a personal side of tennis players and like you just see him kind of mess around sometimes and like Mad just gets a little smug sometimes per like uh, on purpose and it it's just it's just funny to watch and he's just got a thrilling game on top of that. So, but odds wise, oh yeah, it, the problem is is that odds makers love him too. So uh, you're not gonna see good odds for him. Um, so, uh, like, you can be like me. You can just not bet. You can just sit back and watch him play because that's thrilling. And uh, you can not be like me and bet him when he uh, plays Novak on Rod Laver. That was bad times. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was horrible. And especially because I have to say, his run at the Australian Open was so fun. And I, I was like, man, I think I'm a med. I think I'm a med guy. Yeah, um, I was so convinced he was going to win. Yeah, yeah, but Novak is just that much better than yeah. everybody else. And then Novak came with that reminder that he's Novak. Uh, yeah. Well, then I would say uh, uh, he won. I guess we'll timestamp it. He won today against uh, Pierre Ebert. I assume that's how you say it. Um, yeah. Uh, World ninety three. Uh, the World ninety three in Pierre. He made betters very happy this week. Considerable dog. In all of his matches, he took down Kai Nishikori, Cam Nori, Cici Pass, and Ugo the Boss, and Ugo Boss Umber. <laughs> That's our nickname for him, Ugo Boss. Um, the last two had buys to start the tournament. Really impressive stuff. Uh, we'll have to watch his odds moving forward. Uh, I don't think he's that great personally. He's 29. He's ranked 93rd, but he has yeah. made almost eight million dollars on tour, so he's not a slouch. Yeah, if- he he's all right. Um, he's he's pretty silky. He uh, it's like a serve and volley kind of guy. So, I mean, that tactic works when your serve is on, but when your serve isn't on, like he 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 has some serious problems. I've just seen him just smash doubles and matches before, and his confidence level just doesn't get back up to par. So he kind of just finds himself in a rut and is unable to dig himself out of it. Like if he just can't pull serve back together, so. Uh, yeah, I'm not confident on betting on him um, going forward. But, yeah, I mean, hell of a run for that kid, though. Yeah, he was a runner-up for Wave of the Week. If he had taken down Matt, I think he would have been uh, the, the clear winner. But uh, that title uh, for Nicolas, Nicolas, God, I can't even say his name. Um, I think that put it over. 